gym. Hi, Tabs. I was doing really good today at eating and then at dinner. Well, I ate a dinner and then Isaac's like, hey, I'm going to run to Chick-fil-A after swim, Jesse swim. And I was like, okay, just get me a chicken sandwich. But I say that's pretty good still. I haven't eaten usually I eat crap all day. Oh. I'm on a bad track it. with you, Jen. Oh, it's bad. I fell it's off bad. the rails. I never right. was on rails. So that's funny. I kind of like kind of crashed a little and then I skid back on and then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to start hiking because it was only 80 degrees today. So hello. Yeah. No I'm not going to start hiking. So there's that. I'm I was not just watching a TikTok again. about a lady who a rattlesnake jumped out at. Oh my God. Terrifying. That sounds like hell. Designated driver takes the keys to my cup. Reach for my shoulder. Are you ready? Yep. Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hey everyone. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Tonight is series six. This is how we do it. Episode five, no reservations. Tonight, we are going to talk about our week and also our this is how we do it is how we tell people that our kids are autistic. Tonight, we have with us Jamie. Hello. Jen. Hello. Tabs. Hello. And Kimmy. Hey. And I am Rachel Flanagan. How was your week, Tabs? Uh, this week was good. I had a good week. I'm so glad to say that because our last three no reservations have been a little bit of a downer for me. Uh, My brother was here for a week, which was amazing. So glad to have him here. We did an event for our books, which was just incredible. Got to meet some adult autistics who have little businesses, which was just the best ever. (laughs) I loved it and um, did a lot of networking with people in the community. And my daughter started using her AAC device this week. So we've had a busy, good, happy good week. No one's sick. No evaluations. No (laughs) paperwork. No paperwork. Well, Uh. but minor on the scale of what was happening before. So I'm feeling good. Feeling good in my hood. And she picked it up so quickly too. Oh yeah. She's doing incredible. That little video of her, I just brought me to tears using her AAC device. So it's pretty great. If you guys are not um, following tabs on Facebook at piece of autism, you should. Uh, And then her views on this video will go up a hundred for each of you as a listener, because this video is to die for. Or you can hear all about it on episode three. Yes. Listen to episode three. Yeah. Hear all about our cutie girls video. The thing yeah. that I just love about it that like stands out for me is for your family, it's a first, but for me as a viewer, I mean, as an auntie, it's a first, right? Like this, like little whiz, but the thing as a mom, like any mom could mm. see that the therapist was sheer jubilee. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you cannot she- even dream up the joy that was like, so excited. She was so yeah. excited. Like her smile about communicating. Yeah. We just yeah. have known that there's been stuff waiting in there. So, and you know, the whole way we got it, you know, my brother being here has just like lightened our household. It's so nice to have a third body <laughs> to help uh, with kids. We went to the trampoline park, which my daughter loved. So that was super fun. I realized that I am 
so out of shape. <laughs> Go to a trampoline park because you'll just be dripping in sweat. Been there. Oh gosh. It's so it was really fun, but oh my gosh, all three of us were like panting and sweating and like all this stuff. So it was really funny. And there were a bunch of moms on the sidelines just watching their kids jump and I think this is a great thing about our lives is that like, we have to be in there, you know, you have to be monitoring, you have to be in there jumping, but it also like takes you back to being a kid because you're in there jumping and doing the stuff with the balls and, you know, climbing the things and swinging on the ropes. It kind of gives you a chance to go back to being a kid because you have to be in there. Yeah. I draw the line at that dirty ball pit. That is where I draw yeah, the line. <laughs> Just want to be clear. You should try it. Trampoline park. Kaya would love it. Kaya would yeah, the, the, love she it. does that, but that's where I draw the line in the pit. I draw <laughs> the line of a dirty pit. It wasn't a ball pit. It was like those foam squares. Those hazards are even worse. Squares is what she's saying. Those very porous foam squares. <laughs> porous foam squares well, that you could barely climb out of. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was a great week. Glad to be back on the I, upswing, knock on wood. I have to say it is so good to see that smile. <laughs> yeah. 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 James, how was your week? My week was good. Your Once voice is coming. My voice is back. Yeah. Ish. It comes and goes. In the morning, it's like not there, but the, I sound not like Episode a crackly <laughs> pubescent little boy. <laughs> no, but it was good. I'm trying to remember it all once again. Oh my gosh. This is the biggest test of me. Every time we do one of these is like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Our weekend was a very good. Jesse's been doing miracle league baseball and oh, this yeah. was the last game. And he actually had them pitch to him instead of using the T, which was super cute. And fun. it's been so fun watching the progression of him this season. Like at the beginning, he would hit them off the T grab the ball, grab the bat. He had the little helmet on and he would grab everything and run. With <laughs> and then it got to the point where he learned to like, let go of the things. And then he would just run home every time. And so this game, like he hit the, this time though, he just didn't quite understand that he was supposed to run after hitting the ball, I think, but it was so cute because it's so great. Like they just pitched to them until they hit it. And so it was like so fun to watch. And I took like a million pictures of the moment trying to catch when he actually. Oh, <laughs> no. And our daughter started soccer, Amelie started soccer. So this was her second, no, third week. So that's really fun. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm going, I'm getting a little nervous because I've scheduled a lot of things in October for myself Mm. because it felt far off. And now it's like, oh, it's October. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little stressed about that stuff, but things are going good. I'm feeling better. I was sick for like two weeks straight and never like, I mean, in the beginning I was pretty down. I didn't just lingered for like ever. And I hate that. My kids have it. They recover fast. My husband gets it. And then mm. it's like, for some reason, me. Sticks yeah. It. But I'm feeling better finally. And yeah, that was my week. Jen, how about you? Well, I'm like, I'm like the other ladies. I'm like, oh my gosh, how was that week? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, it's good. My daughter completed her second week of school. Yeah. Uh, she goes from nine to 11, but that's two solid hours, two weeks consecutive for the first time in three years. Mm-hmm. So it was a big, 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 big. And she's back in ballets back now every Wednesday. So yeah, that's kind of it. We've had a, a very uh, quiet and calm week. So let me just say now I've jinxed myself and tonight <laughs> will probably be explosive because uh, I'm, I'm waiting for it, but yeah, I'm just really proud of her. She's really doing well. So right now I'm just thankful where we're at and Hey, there's always tomorrow. 
Yeah. <laughs> so happy for her. Me too. Yeah, so proud yeah. Of her. Yeah. And Kimmy, how's your week? Well, today was a pretty good day. Yeah, girl. Alyssa has been struggling, as you guys know, but she seemed to be coming out of whatever was going on with her. Um, she seems a little more like herself. We had a visit with a new doctor today, a doctor that is going to specialize with adults with disabilities. Um, he's going to be seeing patients at the Laurie Center for Autism here in Massachusetts. Uh, he's leaving his practice to do that full time. So that's great. It was kind of a we've kind of been in limbo in between doctors uh last year when she left her physical they basically gave me papers and were like oh yeah this will be her last physical kind of good luck uh don't let the door hit you on the way out I mean they didn't <laughs> obviously but it kind of felt like it so that's just kind of been a struggle because as you guys know we need somebody who's really gonna be able to understand our kids mm. you know especially god forbid something comes up medically that you know the right steps have to be put in place to safely do anything with her. Yeah. And it's really important to me to have someone who's going to listen to me and like, just do what I say pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, it's like you say all these things and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll just try it. And then they'll, you know, you always go back to square one. So it's, you know, at this point, my daughter's 25. I know her limitations. I know what she'll do, what she won't do, what she may possibly do. So it was great. And she was great. Like, you just don't know, like we had to go north of Boston was a pretty long drive, you know, cause of the traffic and just being at a new doctor's office is enough that to set her off right there. Seeing a new mm-hmm. doctor, she's seen her doctor since she's been four. You know what I mean? So she expects her doctor. She kind of just rolled with it. She, she did fine. Um, the only thing she didn't like was when they laid her down to like fail her belly, but she let him do it. But she was kind of like, listen to that. I've cooperated this far. Don't push your luck. Um, <laughs> but it was good. It was really good. And then because we were in Boston or near Boston, um, we decided to take her to the aquarium, um, which she hasn't been to in years. And she really loved it. She did mm, great. That's it was awesome. a great day. So yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Mm. She was really happy. Yeah. We went out to lunch afterwards and she like gave me a couple of kisses on my shoulder, which is like the most oh, she'll God, do like, on her own. Like, cause she doesn't really you know she doesn't really kiss on her own it'll be like when you ask a part if you come over and hug her very few times does she do and she did it like four times and I think she was Mm. just so happy so it's very rare it's very rare that it's like just me my husband and her it's always like somebody missing somebody extra Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and I think she just liked that and she loves the animals that was kind of fun for her so Mm -hmm. yeah so it was a real it ended up being a really good day I love that Thank yeah. goodness. Because it could have gone any, I mean, right? <clears throat> you never know. So that's a lot of Even going to the aquarium, even though it's something she potentially likes, like even that, just going somewhere different, going to a parking garage. Like, but she does better when it's me and her dad. I think she just feels more state, like more stable, more secure. So it's like when it's only one of us, she tends to get a little more nervous, but we didn't talk about it's it. It's such a start to finish thing, too. We just did it. You know what I mean? We just like drove there and went there. There was no like, no conversation about it. We just kind of, (laughs) I know it's the opposite of what they want us to do, but sometimes it just works better that way. Yeah. 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 And she loved because they have like a thing with um, stingrays. So you Mm -hmm. can like put your hand in and like pet them. And uh, she really liked that a lot. So it was pretty cute. We went to the aquarium a week and a half or two weeks ago. And there was this pet the... I don't know what. 
and sea urchin flowy flapper things. Right. And there was this moment where Seely's hair like drizzled in and she did this like, yeah, like head sway about it. And I was like, oh God, the mermaid's going in. Like, oh my God, (laughs) this is is her chance. Wet hands, wet bangs. It's over. She was in the tail too. I mean, I just thought, oh God. But those stingrays seemed a little fewer and further between and more like a swim tank than this <laughs> situation we were in. <laughs> like, oh, we are never going to the Boston Aquarium. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, listeners. It's time for our Amazon must-have from the table. And this week comes from our own Tabitha Cabrera, who teamed up with her brother, Michael Barnett, to start a children's book series. So far, two of the books are out. The first one is called Do You Talk the Way I Talk? And the second is Me, My AAC. I love these books because they show how children and people can communicate differently. My son can identify with some of these characters in this book, which doesn't happen a lot for us. I also love that we can share it with his friends and classmates and they can understand him a little better and also understand other children better and the fact that not everyone communicates the same way. So check them out. The links are in the description of this episode. Make sure to use our links to help support the podcast and be on the lookout. They have a third book coming out very soon. All right, let's get back to the table. How was your re- Rachel, Rachel Flanagan? You know, my week tabs, you know, I just admire so much that you got to have a good one. I feel I'm still in the, I just, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to like protect our stuff, but I got to say we're in the situation where again, similar to the hospital, Celie's abilities and disabilities and struggles and strengths and what I would consider as her parent to be well-versed, I would say, I would hope I've got this podcast with these moms, but I, I feel like I'm an educated person when it comes to the things that affect my daughter in terms of bipolar I'm learning about or FAS I'm constantly learning about or autism I'm understanding more and more. And that's through parallels with you guys and the the other moms that we know and other things I read and, you know, so I accept that I'm an expert in Sealy, but what I don't want to accept as easily or as often as I've had to is that the people that we pick to care for her and us through this process of like getting her help, that there is not an unconditional or that there is not an acceptance of the whole or that there is not like everything is so siloed. It's all so money driven. It's all so easy for one person to write off a certain struggle of hers and change freaking everything. Right now we're struggling with support at school and not because her teacher isn't great or the potential place next placement for her isn't great, but the process of getting there is just a (laughs) And I am struggling because I feel like when you don't acknowledge Celie's struggle, you minimize her heart in it. And it sucks. It sucks that people would rather see that she's doing great than acknowledge that she looks great from the outside and is bubbling inside. And it's to us called masking or the honeymoon or whatever, like adjustment of her behaviors. And it's very much a part of autism among our community, I would say like us, uh, but it is, there's so many facets to our kids that are misunderstood. Mm. And And as I I talked about in the communication episode, I feel like when you're a minority having autism 
and then you're a minority being a girl, and then you're a minority because you're verbal. It's so easy to be misunderstood in terms of what she's capable of or what she isn't, how affected she is or isn't. Mm -hmm. And everybody has their own constellation. We talk about it all the time that this is a spectrum and Celie's on two for the love of God, meaning spectrums. It's tough to like. And it's like, I feel like what she can do and what she can tolerate is also two very different things. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I think, I think that's what kind of slips through the cracks, you know, cause you see this kid who's verbal and she's bright, you know, and, and they're just looking at the things that she could be doing and learning, but like the and she but has her, a high IQ. Sorry, Kimmy. It's her body. IQ. Yeah. Yeah. And brain and everything isn't able to, even though it is able to do it, it's it, like she can't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. She tolerating is a perfect way of putting it. You know, yeah. Celie, in terms of what I could describe, her it's like like what Natalie did in a cup a couple episodes ago. She describes it it's almost like Celie's electricity goes off or the connection between things is gone or deteriorated or tired or taxed. And so what she is capable of on a Monday morning is wildly different than what she'll be capable of on a Thursday afternoon. And though we all accept that there's a trend with our children, especially when we're in the years of regression and the struggles of all these things coming to a head, it's just hard to try and articulate what atypical is within atypical. It's hard to articulate that my kid is masking or, you know, when, when people don't understand the term, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's just been hard. I'm sick of goddamn fighting. Like I'm, there Where's have been down? several Where's people that validate what she goes through. Mm-hmm. But I think it's hard too. I'm sure. And I mean, I felt this before too, when people question that and question the validity of things, you feel like they're questioning you as the parent Mm -hmm. and they're also criticizing you as the parent, like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, or this is your fault because why else would this be happening? Yes. And I feel like sometimes you question yourself. Yes. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, yes, yes, exactly. Well, and I mean, seriously, in this life, we're trained to get down and we're not trained, but you can, you can learn how to get down to an antecedent or in other words, the trigger of the storm, the beginning of the end, right? The antecedent. And I mean, I could trace backwards all day long, all night long. My kid has brain damage. My kid has bipolar so much so that she's six. My kid has all these things. And I mean, I'm, it's just, it's very frustrating. I'm frustrated just when I feel like, okay, I'm done fighting this. I'm going to fight for a different lane. You know, you realize you're like stuck in a roundabout. Uh, what I think with C, like, and I know with Kaya, like speak, I live with her and with girls and autism, it does present differently. Masking presents differently, which is why they often are social and they present, you know, it's always this, yeah. well, they're social or you know, whatever, but because I know my daughter will mask all day to try to fit in, to try to be in that classroom, that when she does come home, she's just spent every ounce of energy she yeah. has trying to get through the day that she ex- yeah. absolutely explodes when she gets home. And that's what a lot of people don't understand because they don't see that side of her. Mm-hmm. They see her at school in circle time and on the playground and playing soccer with the kids. That's what they see. And they don't understand how much it takes out of her to be that person. And then she comes home and I'm her comfort. 
she explodes. Mm-hmm. And our safe place. We said that too. It's the very same darn thing. And part of the dynamics of Celie's stuff is that when she's extra and gregarious and Celie Flanagan, la ta da, she is very likely in mania and suffering then too. Like she's being put through this thing by either the fuel of her mania or this weight of her depression or the rigid thinking of her autism or the inability of her FAS. Like there's so many facets at play that like looking great at school is just, it's just not what's real. It's not what's happening. I'm sorry. Soapbox. <laughs> no, that's your. Oh, yeah. Here can well, I think that's also kind of where she, she gets up and kind of becomes Silly Flanagan. That you know, the Why? the persona. You know, the, yeah. That that's where she kind of. That's when she, she wears of, costumes. I mean, all of it. I mean, look at her school picture. The mermaid is stronger than the all. <laughs> the second half of our episode. Now that I've just done therapy with everyone, I'll send you a copay. Uh, is <laughs> this is how we do it. And specifically, how do we tell people that our child is autistic? Again, autism is such a spectrum. You're defending it. You're saying it. You're needing to say it. You're asking about, like, there's so many things. And sometimes there are no words necessary. <laughs> it just sometimes. arrives on its own. And it's there. <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit of this in. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> Kimmy, you've done it the longest. Tell me how you do it, girl. I don't really tell people that she's autistic or has autism, really. But I kind of show them. Because especially when you have an adult in the community who is nonverbal, who is disabled, if you want to say that. But sometimes you can't always tell, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of like to give people clues. So I might just purposely like talk to her in a certain way that people will understand that like, you know, because if we're at a hotel and we're in a swimming pool, like she likes me to like carry her like a baby in the pool. Like she yeah. likes to like put her legs around my waist and like I bounce. She let, But it, that would look odd to people. You know what I mean? They'll be like, what, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're not familiar. So I kind of try to like just use a certain tone of voice with her that I do use with her anyways, but I make it a little more pronounced. So when they see me speaking to her in this tone, they kind of get the picture. I might like say, Oh, you did such a good job. You know, kind of something to like pull them in that, like something is, it's not like a typical situation. That's just kind of, especially as she's older, because she's a lot quieter and calmer than she used to be. So sometimes people don't necessarily pick up on it right away. She doesn't wear headphones. She doesn't carry a a tablet around, you know, kind of those things that like, would clue some people in she doesn't really do that stuff so that's just kind of obviously if people ask questions but people really don't at this stage yes when she was younger I'm always open to talking about it I'm always open to you know describing it explaining it answering questions I'm more than happy to do that I mean I came from a time when nobody knew what autism was like did not know what it was so when you said it it wasn't like aha like now I feel like people have like that moment they're like okay things make sense no it still didn't make any sense to them so then you would have to try to describe it and it still wouldn't really make sense it was just so we've come so far in that aspect so I'm always happy to do that but I feel like with an older person it's just a little bit different I like to give them little clues together (laughs) yeah give them little clues yeah Jen how about you well, when Kimmy was saying how she'll, she would talk in a different tone, when Kaya was younger, I would tend to sign a bit more when we were out in public, mm-hmm. because I, I think that would signal to people a difference. And maybe I did it subconsciously, maybe I didn't, but I would sign with her more 
floor mm-hmm. out of the house. Um, now, and now I actually don't have any problem walking into a restaurant and saying, hey, my daughter has autism, would you mind turning the music down? I have no, I mean, it's hard enough for her to be out. So I figure if I can make any of those accommodations, I, you know, or if we're in a situation where, you know, something's a little different, I'll be like, my daughter has autism. If it, it almost as a way of maybe explaining why she's standing in front of your kid stimming, you know, that makes seem odd behavior to some people, but she has autism. So this is why she's doing this kind of thing. Yeah. So I, it's what I do. Yes. Yeah. Turn the music Team, on, How about please. you? I am kind of like Kimmy where I don't really tell people there's just so many different situations. So if we're going somewhere where we need some sort of accommodations, usually my husband goes <laughs> and like tells whoever and like get that all situated uh, with even like with family and like extended family and stuff. If they haven't heard through someone else, I kind of rely on that. Like mm-hmm. someone in the family to say something, I don't, hopefully they say it in a good way and not an offensive or mean way but I kind of rely on that but like just out in general public if like there's a meltdown happening or things like that I mean the way I'm handling it I think a lot of the times is like I'm like okay let's take deep breaths let's do this and this I I'm just I try to show people like okay we obviously are working on this this and this I have therapeutic things that we're doing so maybe that clues people in I think too for us it we're at six and so we're coming out of that like cute maybe it's just like a toddler tantrum to okay this is a kid your six-year-old shouldn't be weighing like a baby and screaming over who knows what and so I'm now I'm seeing a lot more of that judgment like hey lady handle your kid mm-hmm. which is hard and so sometimes it's said not in a good way when I'm like mm-hmm. stop effing staring my kid's autistic yeah f face um so I should probably work on that but I feel a shirt coming but I feel like I actually sit down and communicate it with people is like if someone asks about our lives like if they're like oh what grade is Jesse in and and then I can be like oh he's he's six but he's still in kindergarten and he actually has autism so he is in the autistic classroom with you know and and like when people give me opportunities and actually speak to me about things then I'm a little more open about it. I'm just not, I don't know. I, there's great moms out there who were like, my kid has autism, but, and ask me about it and things like that. And I wish I was more like that maybe, but it's just like, I have so much going on. I don't have time to like need to explain my autistic child to you. Like this is what we are. And so if you're part of our lives and you're willing to have a conversation with me, then I will talk about it with you. But if it's like, come and go, or if it's not a place that we need help, then I'm probably not going to tell you and you can stare away, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I do tell a lot of people that, but it's like not necessarily when she's with me, like random people that probably don't care. <laughs> yes. The growth, like the checkout lady. <laughs> I've done yes. a lot of checkout ladies for some reason. Well, we should be talking like small talk and like, oh yeah, my son's autistic. And they're like, oh, I have a nephew, you know, like it's always something like that. Yeah, but I mean, that may sound like a normal task to you, but you have to know, I mean, I don't know exactly which thing is Jesse's, but like, as I'm buying a 36 case of ramen noodles twice (laughs) or like only green applesauce or whatever in the truckload. Yeah. Yeah. That's when autism comes up to the checkout. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I mean, and I don't go, if, if we're going in a place and like, if we go to a place that's, you know, not, not really like a family restaurant, mm-hmm. like, if, like we, if we go to Earl's, I don't ask them to turn it down because we're sitting in the bar. So already we've got bar noise. So, I mean, you can't expect a bar or like a bar, not a bar, ladies and gentlemen. I don't take her to a bar. It's like a bar restaurant. You're you sitting in the lounge area. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. The lounge area of the restaurant. I wouldn't there, you know? So it's like I walk in and say, hey, my kid's got autism, but I have no shame in saying Listen, the accommodations need to be at that time, you know? It's situation to situation. It really is, yeah. Like we went to um, Canopy Lake Park in New Hampshire. They were awesome. So I told them I have a daughter who has autism. She's nonverbal. They call it a mind of, it's not a disability pass there. It's a mind of ease pass. That's what they call it. Um, So she got a bracelet. The only problem was there was five of us and you could only get three extra. So four bracelets. And I was like, could we just get five? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, there's five of us. I'm like, all right, it's fine. I probably won't go on any, really any rides anyways. And then he was like, all right, just don't tell anyone. <laughs> and here you are on the podcast. <laughs> that's okay. I'm not giving the employee's name. Um, that's great employee. Isaacs are on the ride. <laughs> Actually, because um, me, the way my husband is, he didn't even use it. He had to wait in oh. line. So, which she can wait in lines if they're not like super long, but um, it wasn't super busy. Like we didn't even end up really really using it but it's nice that it's available so if you do need it and then it does signal it I mean my husband doesn't necessarily like that part of it he's gotten more used to it now like he doesn't like putting her out there but I do because I do too I feel like it's just good for people to know that way if she's something's going on you can kind (laughs) of they can kind they can kind of see he doesn't want to exploit her I can I can understand that but at the same time when we're in line at the Gap to pay for our dress and we have birthing scenes of Chicago fire <laughs> from top to bottom, you know, there's just really no explanation at that point needed. Other than- I've been like, we've been going places. I'm like, okay, let's get him a shirt with like, I don't know anything autism. And my husband's like, why do we need to? I'm like, just so we can explain without me. <laughs> Having to yeah to people. exactly like, yeah I will uh, say the one place like we've stored like we going into the ER one time because Jesse broke his arm and like the first thing I was like he's on the spectrum he's autistic blah blah and the lady's like okay okay and then she tells like the doctors and the nurses and everything these people still kept asking him questions and all. I'm like you are the oh, one people that should be <laughs> so you know how this goes he's not here. gonna answer you thank you though he's not gonna answer you well and yeah, on that no, note there's no shame in my game either i will use that autism card i don't care um when we stayed mm-hmm. at the hotel i called for a late checkout because um my kids weren't moving and they're like um well and i was like i have a daughter she has she's autistic she had a really hard night which was true it was all true she had a really hard night going into the hotel she was not any part of the reason that we needed a late checkout but I was and they were like oh yeah sure no problem what time do you need it's like that's well I get <laughs> no shame in my game we gotta Sometimes. live with it we're gonna we're gonna be able to use it to awful advantage but yeah so Tabs, what about you? Uh, I feel like, you know, we're fairly new to this jam. <laughs> I generally say something in a time of frustration. So if we're having a hard time or people are staring or 
being a-holes to us because they want us to do something that's unrealistic, then I'm usually just like, okay, here's the deal. My kids are autistic. We're not doing that. So let's reframe what you're asking me to do because that's not going to happen. Most of the time, it's usually around like teenagers who are (laughs) like taking a power trip on me. And I'm just like, no, not happening. So I haven't, I think because my kids are younger Mm -hmm. and you know, Nora's using a device now, but we don't like neither one of them wear headphones at this point and they attribute it to them being young. Nixon's gotten a lot bigger over the last year. So I think now we're going to have to start. And I hate, I've tried to reframe my mindset on this because I don't feel like I should have to offer you an explanation about what is happening with my kids in the language of it's because they're autistic, you know, like, I don't think that's fair to them to hear, like, if they're having a hard time, and I'm just like, Oh, they're autistic, please quit staring at me. I'd rather just say go F yourself and quit staring than I really um, feel that shirt coming. Yeah, not that Move a lot along. of people understand the difference between a tantrum, uh, you know, or a meltdown. But I think that for hopefully 75%, if they if your kid's having a meltdown or a tantrum and you turn around and say, he's autistic, you know, which I used to scream at people because yeah. I'd be so stressed out, maybe yeah. staring. Yeah. Um, I handle things very differently now. I'm, I'm much calmer. I'm sure you've really noticed that shift in me. Um, <laughs> Deepak Chopra, is that you? Yeah, totally, totally. But I think that like it gives a, not a justification, but- It's an explanation. Light explanation, yeah. Yeah, well, and you feel obligated. The thing that I don't like is I feel obligated to say that because they're staring at me. Right. You know what I mean? Like I feel an obligation to explain our lives to you because you are rude and staring at us. And like, if it was just, a typical child, you wouldn't have to explain it. Exactly. Like it your kid be, would just be having a meltdown. Is right. that how it works, ladies that have typical children? Is yeah, that how it works? You just scoop up your kid and say, let's go. I can't answer to that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I have gotten better and I usually, in the past, I've blurted it out in frustration is generally when it comes out. But I have no problem if we're going to a place calling ahead and being like, here's the situation. Both of my kids are autistic. Like I need you to do this and this and this for me, or we need the pass or we need just giving you a heads up. So I don't have to say it out loud in front of them when we're in this place. I want you to know that this is what's going to happen because I want, I don't want them to take it as a negative part of their, who they are because I'm frustrated about the situation. So I'm really trying to like reframe (laughs) when I'm shouting in public at people. Well, it's hard because it's like a back and forth because part of it is like, when you do say that, hopefully that person gets like, next time they see a kid behaving like that, yeah, maybe in their mind, they'll be like, okay, maybe I should be less judgmental of the situation because I don't know what's going on. Because for me, I'm like, sometimes I'm maybe I'm, I maybe not, maybe they're just a butthole, but maybe I'm snapping them out of that and being, being like, oh, I was just assuming this was like a bad parent or a child that doesn't know how to Mm -hmm. behave. And any kid is allowed to have a tantrum or whatever, and people shouldn't judge, but hopefully that person, the next time they see a mom in trouble like that, they try to help or not stare or not. And I, and I like it shifts, you know, for me, because when they're little, like Nora's age, yeah, two-year-olds act like that, that don't have autism. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like people then don't, I know that they, they don't always know the difference. Like right. they just, more or less going to think it's just a little kid that needs a nap or something. Then you get to like Jesse's age and to Kai's age where like people, then they're like, what is this kid's problem? 
You know what I mean? Like, cause they're still young, but like they're too old to be acting that way according to society. But then mm-hmm. they get older, like now with Alyssa, now I don't run into that. Anymore. The middle stage is really hard where they're still little, but not so little that people would expect that behavior. I have actually like gotten my kids in the car in a situation and then I've gone back to someone and I've said hey just by the way my kids are autistic this is what was happening thank you for all of your help (laughs) you know I don't have a problem like reintroducing myself to people out of the presence of my kids because I'm I have this weird thing not weird but good probably that I don't want them internalizing things about themselves because of other people's opinion or my reaction to those other people's opinion but I have no problem going back and just being like hey what the hell thanks a lot <laughs> I did I'm not so appreciate on the that. other side like I've been like listening and like listening yeah I can hear that see that like I I know each of your lives that I um, can hear that in the story or hear this and that lived experience I'm hearing these stories but I'm just so on the other side. I think we, when Celie's language came back, we started immediately with scripts that were like, hi, my name is Celie. What is your name? My superpowers are this because she was darting around. Like, so if I was to do Celie's entire entry script with a person that like is having the right exchange, which is pivotal, crucial even. But uh, if, if she says, her parts are, hi, my name is Celie. What is your name? She waits for an answer or doesn't. Then she'll say, she'll try and put a compliment in now. So she'll go, I really like your glasses. And then the person will be like, thank you so much. And she'll be like, do you want to hear my powers? And I mean, first of all, this kid's in a mermaid tale. Sometimes she's got the RuPaul makeup on. You could maybe see that something extra is happening, perhaps, Maybe it's the pace that gives it. Maybe it's the cockamimi outfit. Who could know? But then she'll say, she'll either say the whole thing by herself or she'll point to the piece and I will then say it for her. So when she points to her head, she says, I have autism and fetal alcohol syndrome. That means my brain works different. And then she'll point to her heart and say, my heart can make your day, which is planned by the way, like, Hey there whole be kind like please my heart can make your day just let me and then she'll say my feet are fast like flojo want to see and then she bolts away and bolts back that gives me the second to be like you got a problem (laughs) and then she's back (laughs) but I also we're trying to work on exchanges right now and like where Celie is using her voice not a script and so just the other day, we went out as a family to this place called Punch Pizza, which is, which is one of those like 900 degree brick ovens for 60 seconds. And it comes out like Jesus made it. Oh my yum. God. Yum. Yeah. Okay. So Celie devours that she's in her happy place. She had, it's so dang loud in there that she gets to have it autism volume on the iPad without headphones because it's damn loud anyway. And so she was just happy, content. And she's like, I know who I want to compliment. She marches right up to this guy with white hair, probably looked a lot like my dad, like the most comfortable creature in there. And she's like, hi, my name is Celie. My brain works different, but your hair is so shiny. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, hi, honey, what's your name? And she goes, Celie. And he goes, Feely. And she goes, I don't feel quite right, but my name is Celie. 
I'm like, I'm dying and I'm like, okay, wait. so I point to my head. She says, my brain works different. I can solve problems. You can't. And then she, you know, like just, we just carry on. I feel like for my daughter, these words are going to be empowering and as much a part of her as her creative artistry. And I feel like she already knows that that makes parts of life really suck and parts of life really extraordinary. And my life without autism really sucks and is really extraordinary. And so I feel like, again, like I've said a lot on the podcast, maybe a lot of this comes down to my view of people as an adopted person, like dropped into another sitch, but I just value our differences a lot. And like, who cares if hers are in the brain and super complicated or just boil down to busy. It's just who she is. Well, and it depends. I think it depends on a, have you talked to your kid about their autism? Could they comprehend that they have autism? Because we're not at a, we're not at a stage where Nixon would understand at this point, what that meant. If we, it would, we'd have to, we're not there yet. He can't and coming that. from Jesse. It would have yeah. to be like very theoretical, like explaining yeah. it through a cartoon or something. And he still, though, the one thing that has happened uh, has helped is Daniel Tiger, Max. Mm-hmm. I can kind of say, I kind of said to him like, oh, Max has autism like Jesse. And that was the first time I think he kind of, cause he could associate with Max. He covers his ears. He does a couple of the things Jesse does. He does some things Jesse doesn't do, but he really liked that character. So that helped. But there's no, like Jesse would, there no way. Same with say, Nixon. I have, yeah. and we've been I doing we get these, to that place. I would we've love been doing her. these big ideas for a long time, like adoption and stuff. So we just like, and that came strongly for me because I never found out I was adopted. I was raised that I was, I never had to find out. And so I just, I mean, even before that meant shit to me. I, I knew that I didn't like soccer. I did like figure skating. I was adopted. I was a painter. I was this, I was this. Yeah. Kaya wouldn't understand either what, yeah what that would mean. But when, like with Max and Julia on Sesame street, Mm -hmm. she said, Oh, you know, autism, like it was the first time she'd actually said it. And I don't actually, if I'm remembering correctly, she'd pronounce autism. She said, Mm. like she was trying to say it, but I said, Oh, you have autism just like Julia which again, I think she slightly resonated with, but not, mm-hmm. it, it didn't, not what autism was, but what I have started to teach her is, oh, if you ever meet a fireman or a police officer, you tell them your name is Kaya and you have autism. Like I'm trying to, mm-hmm. so that if you meet an officer or a first responder, so that's where we I've started with the autism with her. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like with Celie, like Celie has a level of comprehension and understanding of complex ideas that- mm-hmm at his age doesn't have yet you know and language I mean if you don't have language receptive language and verbal language then the conversation on that complex idea can't be had yet you know yeah Yeah. I think we'll get to a stage where we will be able to teach him that for and for safety like Jen's saying you know you want them to be able to say but if it were in a situation where he was approached by a policeman or a fireman or we are we're in a car accident he would lose all his language because yeah. he shuts down yeah. immediately. So there's no like questioning if it's like in a heightened situation, he wouldn't be able to articulate that either way, you know? So it, it really does depend on the level of comprehension of language, which is fascinating. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I mean, it, it just, everything is so 
situational, you know, like whether we say something, whether we don't, whether my kid can succeed or whether she can't, whether she has before or she won't now, whether, and I just, I think so much of me has changed as I've stood within my power as her advocate, as her mom. And I mean, my power, like as in my voice, I have learned to have conviction about my opinion because I've been tested a lot and I see what I see and I help as hard as I work. I would love to be able to work smarter. So I feel like I'm forced in that perspective to like face my side of it and my bias Which is and good. My, yeah. all of it, you know, I think that's great. You're empowering her to have an understanding of complex things based on her differences. You know, yeah. that's great. Oof. Well, this, take you serious everybody... when you have the Eddie behind you. I know. <laughs> well, if you are only seeing this on podcast, you sh- or listening to us on podcast, you've got a little gift coming when you find our Facebook page because my papa has been over my shoulder the whole time. <laughs> Everyone, I just want to thank you for uh, joining us today and for finishing out this series with us. We are coming to you next time with something as exciting. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the table for our sixth series. This is how we do it. Stay tuned for more. And while you wait, make sure to follow us at facebook.com slash table for five podcasts. Individually, you can find Jamie Ramos at jamieramoswrites.com, Jamie Ramos Writes on Facebook and the same on Instagram. Tabitha Cabrera, you can find at peaceofautism.com, Peace of Autism on Facebook and the same on Instagram. Jennifer Dunn is at keepingupwithkaya.com, Keeping Up With Kaya on Facebook and the same on Instagram. Rachel Flanagan is at flanaville.com, Flanaville on Facebook and Flanaville3 on Instagram. For Kimberly McIsaac, you can find her at AutismAdventuresWithAlyssa.com, AutismAdventuresWithAlyssa on Facebook, and the same on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us at the table for this series. We love having you and can't wait to sit with you again. We have new episodes every Monday. Join us next week for a special Halloween episode. See you then. Bye!